Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Extra Mile Podcast. I'm Will Brogan, and today we've got a wonderful edition with a wonderful friend of the podcast and of commercial truck training in general, Andy Burns, commercial sales manager for the Pat McGrath family of dealerships. We love getting to interact with the McGrath Fleet family because they have really taken every single little tidbit that we suggest throughout our trainings, throughout the dealership consulting, and a lot of other forms, and found a way to put those into practice in the way that works for them, and they have really reaped the rewards. You're going to hear some of the numbers that they've been able to achieve throughout the last few months. And keep in mind, we're still in coronavirus times. Some of the demand that they've created and some of the ways that they've been able to do that, those are also key aspects to this. So don't hear it from me. Hear it from Andy Burns with Ken Taylor on the Extra Mile Podcast. Uh, Hello and welcome to the Extra Mile, the only podcast devoted to the fleet and commercial automotive business. And today I've got an incredibly special guest, a very, very good friend, uh, and uh, also a guy I admire tremendously for what he's accomplished, Andy Burns, the commercial and fleet manager at McGrath Auto. Andy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Ken. Good morning. How's things in Florida? They are wonderful. Uh, it's uh, it's got to be another 90-degree day, unfortunately, with about the matching humidity. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I can handle that. I can handle that. So it's uh, cool and calm. No, Seventy degrees here today, so we're we're, we're liking uh, it. Well, I've gotten I've gotten an incredible amount of yard work done. My wife is very very happy. That's good. Well, uh, maybe uh, maybe if you come back up here, we'll, we'll get you down to uh, Juniper Avenue. <laughs> well, Andy, thanks for taking the time. I know how busy you guys are, but. Uh, I want to start out, uh, when we first met each other, you were not in commercial sales. I was not. I was uh, at the retail store for, uh, you know, a little over 15 years, and, and that's where we met. Well, kind of expla- explain, I think this is so cool, Ex- explain to our listeners uh, how that transition occurred and why. So, uh, gosh, it was two thousand. 14 or 15 when we hired Tyler, and not not long after that we hired Jeff Melcher. Um, we started to assemble a, a commercial program, kind of, I don't say without knowing it, but as you know, uh, you know, we didn't know what we didn't know um, back then, and we assembled a commercial team, and we had a couple guys that got up to selling, you know, 20, 30 units a month, and we had a Ram guy that was doing 10 or 15 units a month, and they asked me to join since I kind of helped start it, and I was optimistic in the beginning. Of course, I had, I had met Ken and had spoke to Ken quite a few times, you know, in, in your interactions coming and going from the store. And you're like, man, if you don't jump on this opportunity in this train, you're 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 missing out. And I'm like, gosh, I had, as you know, I had a lot of questions. Um, yes, I remember. Know, <laughs> in the beginning, um, for, for all those listening, I think I spent about a week with Ken on the phone before I made a decision. And, and so I got a lot of my questions answered, and I went back to the McGrath family and and said, gosh, I'm all aboard, here's, here's what I need, and we went for it, and that was uh, February 16 or 17, I'm, I think it was February 17. Yeah. So this, I, I this coming so February would be four years, yeah. Wow. So that's, wow. that's uh, and I started I started with McGrath in February of 99, so um, last February wow. was 21 wow. years ago at the store. So 
comparing what you did on the retail side to the commercial side, what were the biggest differences? So uh, probably the pace, um, the pace of how you approach the business. Um, you know, on the retail side, you're, you know, you're doing, uh, you're changing your online price of your vehicle um, to hopefully get a response within a day, or you're putting a, uh, you know, I'm going to update myself a little bit. I'm going to say you put an ad in the newspaper, but you know what I mean. You put a, you put an ad on the radio, right. or you do a TV response with, you know, the current month incentives, and and you're everything's about now. Everything's right now, right now, right now. And it took me a while to get out of that mindset. Um, and when you're in the commercial business, you have to get out of the right now business um, because, uh, as I found out, you know, real fast, you go out and, and you call people and you, you make sales calls and you visit folks and you make relationships and they call, but it's like six months later. You know, sometimes it's a year later. And so um, that would be, that would be the toughest thing that, that I saw. Actually, probably one of the more fun things, too. But that's the biggest difference is just the, the pace of play. Now, once you do commercial sales for three, four years and you've gone out and laid all the groundwork and made all the connections and, and you have all those you know people in your back pocket, then it's a race to keep up. Um, and that's kind of the stage we're in right now is uh, we've made a lot of good relationships and made a lot of good contacts. And right now... Um, you know, gosh, the phone and the emails come almost some days faster than we can, you know, reply back to them. Closing percentage is probably, I mean, I don't know for sure, but in the 80 to 90 percentile, um, you know, just people trust you and they, they have a guy and that's where they go. Amazing. Well, you do something which I admire so much and I, I really preach this to commercial operations. On a regular basis, you make sales calls with your guys. Could you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. So in the beginning, um, when I first started with Fleet and Commercial, you know, we, we did lots of sales calls, um, you know, multiple times a week, you know, at least two full days where we would have both warm appointments, a few cold calls, but, you know, mainly you start out in one area of a, of a city or, or the state and, you're, you know, one, one warm call leads into another warm call. And in the beginning, we did it a lot where we were, you know, handing out a business card and, and, and more importantly, a brochure to show who we are and what we did. Um, and then as you get busier and busier, that sales calls slowly transition from, you know, hello, I'd like, you know, to earn your business or have an opportunity to, hey, here's your new truck. And, you know, after three or four years, your sales calls turn into um, more of a maintaining a relationship. And and making sure that uh, you know you got to make sure you get out and meet these. I shouldn't say meet these people. You got to get out there and make sure you keep on seeing them. You don't want to make one yes. sales call and then sell them three trucks over the course of two years and never see them in person again. Because odds are they're not coming to your store. So um, you know just just stay up to date. It doesn't take as much as a retail customer, but just a little bit looking around the office. You know if they're boating or fishing or if they're golfing, whatever that customer's into. Just making sure you stay up to speed enough to stay interested in what they're doing, and in that way that the relationship stays there. And next time they need a, a van or hopefully, more importantly, a fleet of vans, um, you know, you're the one they call. Uh, 
That is incredible advice. I know you guys uh, send the newsletters out as well where you're, you're constantly staying in touch. I got an interesting call last week. It was a longtime commercial guy. had been in the business for 20 years. He just lost his two biggest accounts. And he got my name, and this first question, he says, well, I'm not sure what I did wrong. I said, well, let me ask you a few questions. Uh, do you stay in touch with the, these two accounts? Did you stay in touch with them on a regular basis? He said, well, no, I didn't think I had to um, because, you know, they, I've been working with them for years. I said, well, uh, imagine your marriage where you stop talking to your wife or you stop talking to your kids. What happens to those relationships? And he said, well, they fall apart. I said, same thing. And you guys have done such a good job of maintaining contact uh, by calling, by follow-up, uh, by sponsoring events. You guys have done a great job there. Uh, show us a little bit about some of the events that you guys have done and, and the results from those. Absolutely. So Jeff and Tyler did a fantastic job of laying the groundwork um, for the first couple of years um, with the golf events. And... Um, we did the local, both Cedar Rapids and Iowa City, we did the home builders golf events where we would sponsor the hole and have a fun game um, along with a handout. It sounds like, is the mailman here, Ken, in the background with the dog? <laughs> I think that, I think Will Brogan just showed up. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll my get dog, Will on. Hemi, yeah, my dog, Hemi, you probably hear in the background. That's okay. We'll let Hemi, Hemi talk. He's, he's even got an automotive name. <laughs> well, when, when doing a podcast and we have a dog barking in the background, we have to stop for a second just to acknowledge and say hello and, and see who's here. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> there you um, go. So Jeff and Tyler did a great job laying the groundwork on that. And, uh, you know, they didn't walk away from those events. And, and you don't, even for the first couple of years, which is hard to imagine, um, you know, that you would go do an event for a couple of years and not necessarily walk away with a lot of sales. You don't walk away with sales from these events. You walk away with another impression on, you know, the hopefully that HVAC guy or the electrician or the contract right. or whoever it may be. Um, and the funny thing is uh, this last year was, and gosh, for Jeff and Tyler, it would have been their fifth full year of doing the Cedar Rapids Home Builders the, here in, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, the local Home Builders Association, we sponsor, and it's not cheap, um, you know, but we have co-op and some other things that we, you know, accumulate throughout the year that we kind of help pay for it. Um, so we sponsored for five straight years this golf tournament, and this last year uh, we walked away from that tournament, and uh, Jeff and Tyler both were there the whole time, and they both said the same thing, that, gosh, this was by far the most successful one. And the funny part was um, all the folks that came through, all the contractors and electricians and and all those folks that came through, they already knew us. And right. they knew who we were. Um, it was amazing the amount of people that, you know, they're on their golf carts, and, you know, it's a it's an event for them to kind of let their hair down, so to speak. And so, you know, they're having a few drinks and, and getting loose. And, and normally you would have just, you know, one group come through, and then the next group comes through, and the next group comes through. We had several, Ken, and I think I might have told you about this. When I say several, I bet we had at least – 15 to 18 different groups of golfers where when they were on the next hole or the next hole or the next hole, they made a point to drive back over to our hole again, just to say hello, you know, a second time, <laughs> even though they had already came through and teed off once they came around uh -huh. because they, you know, Jeff and Tyler and Jeremy and, and myself have such a good relationship with most of those people. They, so that was really fun to walk away from that one. And Tyler and Jeff even said the same thing. Gosh, that one just sure felt different, you know, Oh, wow, um, and and that was that was fun to be a part of. 
Well, you know, it's the consistency aspect. You guys consistently do the right things over and over and over. Uh, I, guys, I still remember vividly when we did the first Cedar Rapids uh, Home Builders Golf Tournament where uh, Tyler and I went and met with the uh, the manager of the course and got permission to bring out the flatbed truck. <laughs> yep. And, and we teed off the truck. And, uh, gosh, uh, I still get calls from other dealerships because you guys are on our Facebook page about that. How did you do that? What did you do? How do you do it? That uh, You guys were the first ones we did that with, and I bet there are 30 dealerships that have duplicated teeing off the flatbed truck. <laughs> so, you know, it's so. funny you say that, too, because every single year – there's somebody that comes through and says, uh, gosh, where's the flatbed? Where can we tee off the pickup? And, we're, you know, of course, we have a different <laughs> game that we do now um, right, at, the, right. at the whole event. Matter of fact, we just did the Iowa City uh, Home Builders Association golf tournament here. Oh, cool. Um, about two weeks ago, and we actually, for the first time in four years, we did not do the squirt gun game because of, because of uh, you know, the, the recent events with COVID. We wanted to make sure we're keeping everybody right. safe. And, we didn't want to have everybody handling the same squirt gun or, you know, picking up the same golf balls. And so we actually did a, a hole-in-one event. We sponsored it through um, through Ford and uh, had the Ford team down there, and I, I was there. And, uh, gosh, it sure was fun just to see. You know, we had a brand-new F-150 on the hole and, you know, McGrath Fleet and commercial logos everywhere. And to see people come up and, you know, everybody – Everybody comes up and puts on their best uh, their best golf strut when there's a, a free truck out there to win. So it's kind of fun to to watch people uh, kind of uh, you know get nervous, so to speak. So, oh wow, that, that's great. Well, I know you you've got to have one one story that stands out where you maybe you made a call the first time it, it didn't you know nothing happened nothing happened. There's got to be that one account that stands out in your mind that you really had to work hard for. You know, um, in the first year that I did this, there, there's definitely a couple of them that stand out. There's one in particular. There was a gentleman, uh, a local electrician here in Cedar Rapids, that has a fleet of about 35 vans that would normally purchase from a retail store. And and I was when I was at the retail tower, I knew this guy, but I didn't really know him. I didn't have a good relationship with him. I didn't, you know, it wasn't like a buddy, buddy type, you know, uh, where you're, you're going to see the guy out at a restaurant and stop and talk to him for five minutes. You know, it might be a hello, but so anyway, long story short, we, uh, uh, I, I made a sales call with this guy. I noticed he hadn't bought anything. He had a, he had a retail sales guy at our, at our Chevrolet store where he would buy some Suburbans and some, uh, some personal vehicles. And I noticed he wasn't even buying those anymore, so I stopped by his office, and, and he was really standoffish and didn't, you know, didn't want to kind of, wasn't very forthgiving in, in what his problems were. So I ended up going back about three different times. Um, it kind of became a challenge, and about the third or fourth time around, um, he, he sat, we sat down in his office. He always invited me back to his office. He was friendly and polite, and I just slowly got to know him a little better and a little better. And, uh, and then finally one day he kind of broke the news, so to speak, and he said to me, you know, the reason I stopped buying from you guys is I, would, I have to literally set like two hours of my day aside to um, come in and go through your business office. And he's like, I hate that. He goes, the guy that I'm buying from now, I just call him, and he, you know, he prints the paperwork, and then he brings the vehicle, whether it's a new suburban for himself or a van for the business. He's like, he just prints the paperwork and drops it off in my office. And I'm like, gosh, you know, that's what we do now. I mean, that we didn't have that process before, and I apologize that, 
we didn't provide that service in the past. And, and uh, he's like, well, I'll give you another shot. Um, here's what I'm looking for. So, you know, it took six months or a year of, of stopping in his office. And so finally one day he's like, yeah, I need one of these. And so I came back to the office and I put together a bid and I emailed it to him. And, and he's like, well, I'll take it, but I'm not coming in there. I said, that's fine. Don't worry about it. So we printed the paperwork and we took it over and dropped it off. That was about three years ago, and I think since then he's probably bought, just from the top of my head, he's definitely bought at least a dozen vehicles, wow. um, but pro- probably more. And, and it's really, it's turned into more of a friendship. Um, you know, I've seen him out and about around town before in the last couple of years, and we'll stop and say hello. Um, he likes to fish a lot. Of course, I fish a lot. So one day here, I don't know, six months ago, I called him out of the blue, and He's like, what do you need? And I said, I don't need anything. I just wanted to ask you a couple of fishing questions. Of course, he got all excited. He's like, yeah, what's going on? What are you up to? And so, you know, uh, it, it turned into definitely a friendship more than a more than a business transaction at this point, and I'd be blown away if he would call anybody else to buy a vehicle at this point. Absolutely. You know, we always talk about three words in the sales process. No, K-N-O-W, get to know people like they contrary to popular belief they do have to like you and trust and trust comes through what you guys do and that's building relationships where you take an interest beyond the professional to the personal side and you just hit dead on on that target you guys are so good at building personal relationships and then they almost feel guilty if they go someplace else (laughs) i agree and that's that's really the the theme behind the crew that, you know, the staff that, that I have here at our store. Um, you know, I know I helped kind of put them in place, but they're their own guy. They're their own people and they do their own selling and Jeff and Tyler and Jeremy and Anthony and then Trenda that, you know, does all of our paperwork here in the office. All of them have an extremely unique personality. They're very good at building relationships and, and every big customer that we have that buys multiple vehicles a year Every single one of them, there's a there's a bond between the person that they trust um, and the customer uh, that the salesperson's created. You know, Tyler, Jeff, Jeremy, myself, Anthony. You know, you create that you create that bond and relationship where the customer sees you more than just somebody to help get a vehicle. Um, and it's amazing how loyal they become. Oh, absolutely. We get taking a personal interest, and and your your story earlier is perfect about that. You guys are so good at it; it's just amazing. When I go on sales calls with them, when I do come, uh, it, it it's not a sales call; it's it's calling on friends, and that's what you guys have accomplished. And uh, quick question: uh, you guys also have done a very very good job on social media. Could you talk a little bit about that and some of the things you guys do? Sure. So uh, a page out of the Ken Taylor book is you want to make sure that you don't overwhelm your Facebook page or or anything that you do social media related. Um, you know, the, the average business owner that um, is going to be, you know, looking into your company, they don't want to see that you're going to be posting or, if, you know, to be quite honest, they don't want to see that you're going to be annoying them or or be a pest, you know, things of that nature, whatever word you want to use. Um, so we took a page out of Ken's book. He advised, you know, you make a couple of Facebook posts each month. You put, um, you know, on your 
you, anybody listening can go to McGrathFleetandCommercial.com and, and look at what we have, what kind of content we have on our website. Um, but between between Facebook and our website and some other platforms that we use, we try not to bombard it, but we, we you know, we keep it updated. Um, we might go on a really, really busy streak for a couple of months where I might, heck, you know, for on Facebook, I might forget to post something for a couple of months, but then I might, um, matter of fact, I think I've done, oh, I've probably done three or four posts here in the last 30 days, which is more than, more than normal, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's something that you got to be aware of because when you're out making sales calls, you're dropping off a brochure, you're putting your name in front of, of that customer's face, and it might be six months or a year down the road before they're ready to make a decision. And before they make that decision, one small thing that they do is they're going to go on your website or they're going to go on Facebook and they're going to check you out. And I, that's what I call it, the you know, in parentheses, the check you out. And they want to see who you are. And they want to see, well, if there's anything recent. And so if you just posted last month that you sold a dump truck to a guy, um, you know, put that on there. But don't put 20 dump trucks on there. You know, if you sold 30 in one month, don't take a picture of every single one of them because you're, you're going to lose them. They're going to scroll for 30 seconds, and they're going to see so much content within a four-day span that you're going to lose their interest. Um, and so we, we've, had really good, we've had really good success with that. I could certainly post something on there every day, but I think that it would actually hurt you more than it would help you. Uh, you, you hit it right on the nose. You can't overwhelm them, but uh, I know the guys have told me they've gotten calls from companies they hadn't even called on who who got on your Facebook page, and they were so impressed, and they pick up the phone and call, so it's amazing. Well, you yeah. mentioned a name. You mentioned a name that uh, I wish everybody had this person she is absolutely incredible uh and uh, amazing what she gets done you want to talk a little bit about her <laughs> oh god you, you're you have to be talking about trenda um she does she does a phenomenal job she uh um and for anybody listening if you're going to have somebody work in your in your fleet department doing you know breaking down deals printing deals you know doing everything that a finance person would do i'd recommend have them spending you know, probably a month or two in the retail business world, uh, in the retail finance world, um, so that when they transition over to here, they just are acclimated to, because most times, or more times than not, you're probably going to be taking those deal jackets to the same people that are breaking down the retail deal jacket. And so that experience and that background, um, in my opinion, is extremely important. But what we what we found out, and Ken knows this, we, we kind of ran into a wall. We hit in the neighborhood of we were selling 60 to 70 vehicles a month and we just kept hitting this wall because um, the guys were too busy printing paperwork. Um, you know, when you're, when you're trying to sell 20 or 30 vehicles a month and you're trying to print the paperwork and keep the paperwork straight and then collect the customer's money. And then once you have collected their money, then you have to you know, be responsible to, to, um, you know, make sure that you're getting to the dealership and get that check receipted in or get the wire transfer accounted for and then break the paperwork down and get it to the titling uh, folks in the office, it's really overwhelming. And so um, we've got Trenda who is beyond organized. Um, she is really, you know, we hit that we hit that 70 to 75 and we kind of peaked out there and we hired her and, and as Ken knows, boom, we've been selling over 100, you know, fleet and commercial vehicles every month. And that's, 
very, very few retail vehicles. When I say very few, if we do 100 total here, we'll maybe do two or three retail vehicles. Um, and it might be a, you know, it might be a, a referral from a business owner where it's their neighbor and they're just like, hey, I really want somebody to take care of them. And we'll onesie, twosie, we can handle those. We're just not set up to do them on a large scale. So, so yes, having Trenda here has been um, extremely important um, for anybody listening that's doing, you know, that's kind of in that mode. Um, you know, for for one person, uh, twenty deals a month is is no big deal. To um, you're you know you're kind of humping you're bu- you're busy to to print twenty deals, turn them in, but it's very easy. If you're doing ten or fifteen deals and you're overwhelmed, um, you just need to work a little bit harder, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, Trenda has been fantastic. You know, we hit the 75 mark. We hired her. We've been doing over 100, and she she prints and breaks down every single deal that we do. And it's a full-time job, as you can imagine, huh? doing 100 deals a month. Um, oh, absolutely. Wow. So Unbelievable. I, I can't put a price on having a good admin person. Once you hit that kind of second level and once you start running, it's, it's really priceless of, of what it can do for your, for your team and your department. Absolutely. It, it actually helps you grow even faster, and that's the thing we try to emphasize. I know we sent quite a few people to Cedar Rapids to spend a day or two with you guys, and uh, one of the amazing things they always mention is Trenda. I mean, it's just, wow, this, this gal's amazing. I wish I had somebody like her. But, you know, you guys kind of grew her into that position, which, and you mentioned a great point, you know, get her over in finance and really let her get to understand that part of the business. So you guys have done a good job at she was great anyway, but you guys really helped develop her. So I commend you for that. Yeah, yeah, she's uh, she's pretty sharp cookie. So <laughs> we might have helped uh, groom her in the position she's in, but um, she she would have figured it out, and we we probably helped it you know go a little quicker. But she's uh, she's extremely sharp, and we we couldn't be uh, happier to have her. So uh, switching gears real quick, uh, <laughs> the pandemic, the uh, coronavirus, you guys have almost not skipped a beat. Uh, how have you kept the business maintained? How have you stayed in contact with your customers? Uh, and how has the whole pandemic affected you guys? Absolutely. Great question. So, um, you know, I think everybody in the beginning was on the same, you know, same page. You're kind of uncharted territory. Like, how do we handle this? What do we do? And so I'm, I'm very thankful that, you know, working from the Graph Automotive Group, they, of course, put policies in place, you know, immediately, both in service and sales, um, to keep the public safe in regards to, um, you know, no contact in the service department. Um, you know, you could drop your car off. Heck, they, I think they still do. They'll come pick your car up. Um, when you walk in the sales department, you know, of course, everybody's uh, got a mask on and doors are wiped down and sanitation stations, you know, where they need to be. So that part of it was nice to have the you know, kind of the foundation laid. But where we, in my opinion, where the commercial apartment really succeeded is we made sure that we just kept picking up the phone. And we stayed in contact with all of our, you know, not just our bigger clients, but all of our very, you know, all of our best clients. We made sure to stay in good contact with because, um, you know, really in January and February, that's kind of when things started to like, you know, everybody started getting a little weird and funny, like, oh, shoot, there's a pandemic and what are we going to do? And March and April hit, as everybody knows, and a lot of dealerships all but folded up shop. And, and you know, sales were down over 50% and, and that type of thing. Well, 
we you know, we made sure that they knew that we were here. So we picked up the phone, and, and particularly in March and April, those were the two months we spent a ton of time on the phone. Um, and it was kind of funny how a lot of places, you know, a lot of guys and, and customers, uh, a lot of uh, people we would call and just kind of check in, hey, how's things going, how's it going, you know, with the, with the pandemic, is business slow? And, you know, it was kind of funny how, a lot of guys weren't necessarily slow, but they kind of held off making a decision. And then the windfall that we saw in that from June and July was absolutely bonkers. So our business was down probably probably 15 or 20% in March and April. That would be the number I'd put on it without digging through the actual statistics. So we were still busy. Um, we sold, gosh, we sold almost 80 vehicles both months. Um, and then June and July hit, and holy cow, uh, like, you got to almost strap things down or nail them to the floor before they get sold. Um, we'd have a chassis show up or a van show up, and and there was multiple times when we had some a few things show up from Napide, and and Napide would you know park it out front, and I'm getting the keys and, and putting the right tag on it and making an addendum for the window, having trying to help me make an addendum, and Melcher's already sent a quote on on it and sold it, and and Tyler's asking for the keys. I'm like, ah, eh, I, I don't think you can have the keys. I think Jeff already sold it. He's like, "How do you? What do you mean you sold it? It's been here for ten minutes, you know." <laughs> and that was that was oh, part man. of staying in staying in touch with customers through March and April. Um, you know, we kind of had an idea of what what people were looking for. You know, we try to have a good idea anyway, but you had an even better idea. Yeah, as inventory inventory started showing up and what whatnot. Um, June and July were really just crazy. We had our we had our best month of the year um, here in July. We we killed it so. It was amazing. Uh, amazing. You know, people are, are complaining about, you know, what do we do, what do we do, and the virus. And, uh, you know, we're actually, Will and I are going to be doing a, uh, a video later about, you know, staying in touch. And you guys are living proof. I mean, you, you stayed in touch with your clients. You kept calling. Uh, you built the relationships. And, and so when you, when you called, I, I can just imagine those calls of being, hey, I'm just checking in to make sure you guys are okay. You know, what can we do for you? And they weren't pressure calls. They were just calls of caring and concern, uh, I'm guessing. But am I right? <laughs> 100% right. And, you know, as you ask that question, something else that kind of uh, comes to mind, too, is it was amazing the amount of business owners that, as I reflect on it, kind of wanted some assurance that it was okay to spend money um and and how that was how that happened is um you know we don't tell our customers who else is buying cars or you know what they're spending anything of that nature but um you know you'd have a customer that you would call just to check in on and they might say hey i'm sitting idle right now i'm not buying anything but what do you have for what do you have for a, you know 2500 3500 in a van or a truck or whatever model or series of what they're looking at um you know it it, it it was pretty easy at that point to say, well, I have one of those here, but it is quoted out, um, you know, and they might have called a week later and, gosh, sorry, that one got sold. And and we did have some people asking us, so, gosh, you're, you're still selling some of those. You know, they were they were almost surprised, I think, is uh, my point, that, you know, a lot, of, a lot of companies were almost looking for reassurance. Well, gosh, if, you know, ABC Plumbing over there is uh, – you know, buying and, and adding another vehicle to the fleet, well, they must have some business, and it's okay for me. I guess I have business. You know, let's let's go ahead and upgrade. So that was kind of fun to, I guess, now to reflect on it, to kind of think about how that all unfolded. We definitely, 
we definitely sold some vehicles just communicating with people that, hey, you know, sorry, that one sold, this one's moving, and it kind of surprised a lot of, a lot of folks, I think. Wow. A great job. And uh, you guys are doing what we recommend, and, and, and you're masters at it. I just commend you and your team. Uh, a quick switch. Uh, number one, I want to say I enjoyed so much meeting your family when you guys were uh, in Ponte Vedra, and uh, we all had uh, a nice lunch together. Um, I got asked this question, uh, with everything that's going on, what's going on with baseball with the boys? Baseball, we're done. Uh, we finished the season. Uh, we got beat in the uh, we got beat in districts. So we, we had a team come along that was better than us that day, and we lost. So uh, the team that won the the one A state championship um, was a, a, a team here. I don't know, probably sixty minutes north of us. Uh, the name of that school is Don Bosco, and Don Bosco won the state championship. And Canada record was twenty and one, and I'll let you guess who beat them. <laughs> wow! <laughs> they had wow. The, the team that won the championship had one loss on the year. They they went twenty and one, and they they came to our place and played us uh, in mid June, and, and we beat them nine to one. So that stings a little bit that that we beat the team that won the state championship. But uh, we had we had a good ball team. We just we came up short. So wow. excited for the That's excited awesome. for the next couple of years. Uh, well, good stuff, my man. Well, I, I keep keep me posted for sure. Yeah, I will. Anyway, yeah, thank you so much. Be sure and, and give the guys my best. And uh, you got such a great crew. Uh, one of the things that stands out about your guys is they help each other. I mean, there's there's no selfishness in your group. Uh, if the one guy has to do something for the other guy or has to turn over a sale to him. Uh, you've got such a great attitude, and I reflect that right back to your leadership. I mean, your guys are very, very special. They are. Um, there's nobody that's selfish whatsoever. I mean, at the end of the day, they all want to win. You know, everybody wants to sell more than the next person, but they're not greedy at all. And, you know, um, I've definitely contributed to the to the team um, in that regards, but I, I definitely give them all the credit. They're um, – they're all, you know, the four guys in my office here are all, you know, four really special individuals that, uh, you know, they all have unique personalities and and uh, and they, they they do an awesome job. Oh, super, super, and and again, I commend your management team. You know, from uh, you know Pat to Gavin to Murphy to, to Lindsay, uh, they have been so supportive of the commercial operation. It's just outstanding. Yeah, they've they've been really good to us. We can't can't no complaints there. They when we when we ask for something, we typically get it. We just got to make sure we don't ask too much. Uh, <laughs> well, the trust has been built. Uh, when we did the video with Pat, you know, he was uh, he he made a statement. He said we thought we were in the commercial and fleet business, um, and and now we know we're in the, the fleet and commercial business. So I. I commend you, your team, everything you guys have done. It's awesome. We always love, Will and I love visiting. <laughs> it's always a pleasure. We love having you up here. It's uh, We always we always learn something. So, Well, great. We appreciate that. Well, man, thanks so much. Uh, that was a fast 40 minutes. <laughs> that was. That was 40 minutes. Holy cow. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, thanks so much. And, uh, you know, we're excited for everybody to listen to this. I think there's so much they can learn from your words of wisdom today. So, uh, Andy, thanks for the time, and thanks so much for helping us out. Yeah, you bet, Ken. Call anytime. Thank you.
Andy, thank you so much. The conversations always seem to go so quickly when we talk with you, and we could do so so often. We could have two-hour podcasts with you, and every single moment would be enjoyed. Thank you so, so much. For those of you that are still listening, uh, when this debuts on Monday, August 17th, there's going to be a special announcement, and if you are listening, I'm going to tell you what that is right now. We have decided and worked through with our partners to develop three ultimate boot camps, hopefully coming near you in the fall. That would be in Dallas or the Dallas area, September 21st to the 23rd. Virginia Beach, October 12th to the 14th, and the San Francisco area, more specifically Union City, California, November 9th to the 11th. Three partners have been absolute keys in helping us make this happen. Commercial Truck Trader, Work Truck Solutions, and Commercial Van Interiors. We've all really done a great job of collaborating to make these awesome anyway, but also make them happen in other places of the country so that we could ease a little bit of the travel burden for you, given how 2020 has gone. So hopefully we're coming somewhere near you where it's within driving distance or hopefully just a single flight. And we hope to see you at those. And pandemic pricing still applies, $11.95 for everybody. We hope to see you there. Please visit commercialtrucktraining.com slash UBC for more information on any of those events and everything that it is going to entail. For now, thank you so much for listening to this wonderful edition of the Extra Mile Podcast. And we will be back very soon with another special guest from a side of the industry that we really haven't touched on very much on the podcast. That's going to be exciting as well, and we'll see you then. Thanks so much.